another edition of Jonesing for Football. Bill Jones in Dallas, Cody Winstead in Philadelphia, and guess what? We have turned another page on our calendar. It's now the month of June, and National Football League training camps commence next month. It's a great time of the year, young Cody. Yes, sir, Bill Jones. We are two months away, under two months, from the start of training camp. I know you're excited. I know you're already talking about OTAs and fired up for that. I'm excited for training camp myself. And you look good. Let me just say, Bill Jones, you look good. You have your summer glow on. The haircut looks nice. <laughs> there in Dallas. Well, thank you there, Cody. And I need to post this to YouTube so that people can see what you're talking about. Our loyal listeners, including one Babe Lothenberg, who is on his elliptical right now. He is constantly texting, when's the next episode of Jonesing for Football? Well, here it is just for you, young Babe Lothenberg. All right. Uh, yeah, we're right in the middle of OTAs here in Dallas for the Cowboys and I assume for the Eagles there in Philadelphia and the rest of the National Football League. Cowboys Mini camp coming up in mid-June, just a week or so away. And uh, then training camp's going to start in late July. Cowboys, in fact, uh, they're going to be traveling. They're going to play the Broncos in the first preseason game. They're going to work out with the Broncos in Denver. And then they're going to play the Chargers' second preseason game. They're going to work out with the Chargers in L.A. So things are all mapped out for the preseason now, as far as the Cowboys are concerned. Yeah, how about that? The Cowboys get to see who with the Broncos, Bill Jones? Who's who's their new quarterback? That would be one Russell Wilson. That's exactly yeah. right. You know what? I think one of these. Herbert? Love it. That's right. Yeah. I think one of these weeks, Cody, we should do a podcast perhaps on the most improved teams in the National Football League this offseason. It just comes to mind when you mention Russell Wilson. and. Would you consider the Cowboys to be one of the most improved teams in the league? No, not at all. But I will give you the Broncos are very improved with uh, adding a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah, by all means. In fact, I like that idea, Bill Jones. Why don't we do it today? Let's do most improved teams in the NFL. Bill Jones, it's already been one of the most exciting off seasons in recent memory. Tom Brady retired and then he unretired remember that we have multiple future hall of fame quarterbacks on the move superstar wide receivers also changing teams we had a very intriguing draft where we saw a lot of teams adding multiple elite prospects and how about we talk about which teams improved themselves the most I'm willing to let you go first, Bill Jones. You might have tipped us off with the Broncos. Is that the way you're going? Is that the well, way you're doing? Well, yeah. you mentioned Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Is there a team in football who improved most from late January to late March than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Probably not. The fact that they would have been probably starting Blaine Gabbert if Tom would have retired. Uh, the fact that Tom's back, yeah, the Bucks are significantly better. So, so we'll say we'll give the award for most improved team in the NFL from late January to late March. Hands down, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win that award. All right, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, Russell Wilson joining the Broncos, that would make them a very improved team. But let me ask you, what did Russell Wilson do last year with the Seattle Seahawks? Well, he got injured. I mean, that was a significant reason for the Seahawks' struggles last year. The previous seasons, though, we've got to admit, Russell's been an MVP type of quarterback. And that's why I think the Broncos are adding going forward. And then the Broncos play in what division? They play in that AFC West, arguably going to be the best division in the history of the NFL. So if you think that the Broncos are going to be one of the most improved teams in the league, will that be reflected necessarily in their record when you consider who they have to go up against in that division? Uh, maybe. I, I still think all four of those teams, the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Broncos, and the Raiders, they're all kind of right there. To me, they're all very close as far as we think we know who's going to win. We think the Chiefs are the favorites, but we're not really sure. Uh, I could see, truthfully see any of those four teams winning the division. All right. So just to pull back the curtain on this, Cody gave me the assignment of, okay, we're going to each of us are going to pick two teams as most improved in the league. And he gave me a, a list of, of half dozen teams. He picked his teams. Then he said, okay, you pick uh, one of the others. Here's some suggestions. And of course he had Denver number one. And of course I am not going to pick the team that Cody tells me to <laughs> or to even suggest. And so instead my number one team I'm going to list is one of the rivals of the Denver Broncos in the AFC West. I've got the Las Vegas Raiders as one of the most improved teams in the league. Of course, a big changeover with the Raiders. We talked about on an earlier podcast as uh, Josh McDaniels, the head coach. We know what happened with John Gruden last year, and they made the decision not to stick with Rich Bisaccia, who took over and did a very good job at the tail end of the season last year. And they've got a new GM Dave Ziegler there in Las Vegas, who came from New England, which gave the comfort comfortability for Josh McDaniels to take this job over other possibilities. You got Derek Carr coming back at quarterback. And of course, I want to see what McDaniels does with him. And the biggest offseason move the Raiders made was acquiring one Devontae Adams from the Green Bay Packers. He of 123 catch for 1,553 yards and 11 touchdown fame coming off a season the year before in which he had 115 catches and 18 touchdowns. Of course, he had one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the game throwing to him in Green Bay. We'll see if Derek Carr comes anywhere close to that. And of course, Adams now paired with Hunter Renfro, who had over 100 catches for the Raiders. I like their weapons that they have. Darren Waller, if fully healthy, comes back after just being able to play 11 games, 55 catches last year. I like uh, the, the McDaniels effect on the Raiders. And defensively, I like the fact that they've added Chandler Jones. Yannick Ngakwe is now an Indianapolis Colt. And Ngakwe was a guy with 10 sacks last year. They counter that with Chandler Jones coming in with 10 and a half sacks last year with the Cardinals. They have signed Max Crosby to a long-term four-year, nearly $100 million deal. So they've locked him up. He's coming off an eight-sack season. They can get to the quarterback. 
And I, I just uh, like what the Raiders have done to improve their team. When you look at the criteria of most improved team, you start with Devontae Adams and what he can do with that team, the effect of Josh McDaniels. And I think that the Raiders have an opportunity at coming off a season in which they were 10 and seven last year to, and we'll see to my earlier point on what effect does Russell Wilson have on the one loss record in Denver playing in that division. We'll see how improved they are with their one loss record. I think the Raiders have a much improved chance of making some hay in the postseason with what they have now, uh, this team assembled. You got to love what the Raiders have done this offseason. Added a superstar on offense. They added a superstar on defense. Those are always good things. And it's funny with the Raiders, they go from having kind of an average, I would say, uh, weapon core or weapons around Derek Carr. And then you add one player like Devontae Adams, and all of a sudden you're like, Dang, they've got Devontae, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller as at tight end, and Darren Waller was injured for a portion of last year. I'm not sure there's a better one through three group in the league right there than those guys. You have Josh Jacobs, who's been a solid player for a while. They had a Demarcus Robinson. He's kind of that third receiver that uh, has played for the Chiefs for the last few years. He's now in Vegas. And you got to like that offense. And Derek Carr, to me, solidified himself as one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the league last year, just kind of carrying that team through all the controversy that they dealt with last season, got him to the playoffs. Um, Just really impressed with Derek Carr. I know uh, he could be my quarterback anytime. Defensively, though, I'm still a little unsure about that that defense. To me, Bill Jones looks like they're going to have to win a lot of shootouts. Um, Would you happen to agree with that statement? Yep, and especially in that division when you've got uh, three quarterbacks in Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and Russell Wilson in that division too. Uh, so we'll see. I just I just like what they've done and uh, to to resurrect what was going on there. And uh, and they had some talent on the team last year. Uh, obviously, they made the playoffs. They won ten games, yep. and uh, even with all the turmoil that was going on there. And so it's it's uh, going to be interesting to see what the new face. You know, you talk about the wide receivers. It, it's you add a Devonte Adams there, and all of a sudden, uh, it looks like they've got some of the best weapons in the league there. And as you say, one through three as far as their receivers. Contrast that with Dallas. Subtract Amari Cooper. People were talking about last year with Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup and C.D. Lamb, and then the way Dalton Schultz has emerged. They even had Blake Jarwin as a receiving tight end last year in Dallas. And, uh, and with the guys they had in the backfield with Zeke and Tony Pollard, the weapons around Dak Prescott, you subtract Amari Cooper, and now you're looking at the Cowboys wide receivers going, and Michael Gallup is coming off an ACL now. You got, okay, CD's your number one receiver. Gallup coming off an ACL. They drafted Jalen Tolbert in the third round. They added James Washington in free agency. Blake Jarwin got hurt. He's no longer in the mix as a second tight end with Schultz, and now all of a sudden, Does Dak have enough weapons? It's interesting how you can take one lead receiver off a team and all of a sudden it doesn't look like they have near the weapons that they had before. Or you can add one of the great receivers of all time to a team and all of a sudden, wow, look at what Derek Carr has to work with. Yep, for sure. And Cedric Wilson as well. The Cowboys lost two of their top three or four wide receivers. And we pointed this out um, around the draft time. 
the Cowboys wide receivers group goes from what being one of the best in the league to now probably one of the worst in the league if you um, if you add it all up and look at it, especially when you consider Gallup going to miss uh, the beginning of the season. All right, now to the team that's going to beat the Cowboys in the NFC East, Bill Jones. My first team on the most improved list is the Philadelphia Eagles. It's funny living here in Philly. You hear the fans' opinions nonstop. They thought Carson Wentz was elite, and then he wasn't. They thought Doug Peterson was a dope, and then he won a Super Bowl. And Howie Roseman, opinions change on him just about every season. He was the worst GM in the league, and then he won a Super Bowl. And then he was awful again. But then he leads them to a playoff berth last season, and they have a perceived very good offseason this year. And guess what, Bill Jones? He's a genius, that Howie Rosen. Don't you know? Let me just go through some of these uh, impressive moves that he's made. Starting in a free agency, they filled a couple big needs at linebacker, adding outside linebacker and pass rush specialist Hassan Reddick, 11 sacks in 2021. 12 and a half sacks back in 2020. He'll help an Eagles defense that had just 29 sacks last year, second fewest in the NFL. And then I love their under the radar signing, Kazir White, 26 years old, heading to Philly on a one year deal after spending the last four seasons with the Chargers. He's coming off 144 tackles last year, eighth most in the league. So he'll also be a good addition. So take that solid start, and then they took it to the next level with the draft. Philly owned two first-round picks, number 13 and number 18. Starting off with Jordan Davis at number 13, he'll get to play alongside Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave. And then at number 18, they took that pick and traded it to the Titans for A.J. Brown, the Pro Bowl wide receiver, soon to be 25 year old, he kind of solidifies that uh, receiver core for the Eagles that they've desperately needed recently. And all of a sudden, their offense is loaded. They have one of the best offensive lines in the game, which helped them lead the league in rushing. They've got A.J. Brown, like I mentioned, Devontae Smith on the outside, Dallas Goddard at tight end, a stable of running backs, which includes Miles Sanders, and the man directing it all, Bill Jones, it's your guy. Mr. Sooner, Jalen Hurts, he got to the birds to the playoffs in his first full year as the starter, and this is his opportunity to lead them and prove he's their franchise quarterback going forward. Defensively, Bill Jones, they finished top 10 in yards allowed last year, eighth best in yards per play, and I think their D-line is going to be much better. Brandon Graham is returning from injury, plus I mentioned Jordan Davis, the monster in the middle. But I didn't mention Nicobe Dean, who they selected in the third round out of Georgia. That group will be flying around. They still have Darius Slay locking dudes down on the corner. And they recently added James Bradbury, a former Pro Bowler, to post up on that other corner position. And I've been saying it for weeks, Bill Jones. The Eagles are winning the NFC East. They won nine games a year ago. I think they're much better. We're looking at 11 or 12 wins for Philly. Their schedule is super easy. And I'm willing to go out on a limb, Bill Jones. You know me. I like to take risks. 
They're winning the East. I've already decided that. That's long gone. We, we made that claim months ago. The Philadelphia Eagles might very well win the NFC this season. Oh, my. With Jalen Hurts at quarterback. They might make the Super Bowl, Bill Jones. I think they have a very good shot at playing on Super Sunday. Oh, my. With Jalen Hurts at quarterback. Yep. Wow. Yep. All right. Well, there is a hot sports opinion. You know, I'll give you a couple of uh, uh, very much under-the-radar pickups uh, as rookies that uh, at some point during this 17-game regular season uh, could make an impact on this team. That one would be their sixth-round pick out of SMU who started his career at Oklahoma, the tight end, Grant Calcaterra, when you're looking for just a receiving tight end. He's not an inline blocker by any means but a unattached uh, tight end who can uh, line up in the slot or whatever. He's a very good receiving tight end. He would have been uh, talent wise. He could have been a third round pick. The issue with Calcaterra has been a concussion history, uh, but he was in the, he was falling uh, right along the lines of a Mark Andrews type tight end at Oklahoma. And then he had to retire from football. Obviously he returned. He went to SMU played for Lincoln Riley's, Brother Garrett Riley was the offensive coordinator at SMU. That was the the uh, the connection there. Keep an eye on. I think that was a, that was a terrific sixth round pick for the Eagles taking a chance on a guy, assuming he uh, is healthy and from the concussion issues. The other one is Kennedy Brooks, undrafted guy, running back. He's going to play in this league, and uh, you talk about their stable of running backs. You know, I keep a notebook, my big black notebook, as opposed to the big green notebook. Yep. Uh, most, most times I don't put an undrafted guy in with the returning players. And I went ahead and just uh, with pen put Kennedy Brooks in there with the returning starters for that team, because I think he's going to make the roster as an undrafted guy. And he's going to contribute even his rookie year at running back. Hey, that's that genius, Howie Roseman, man. He knows how to draft. He's always finding these gems. The Eagles are loaded, Bill Jones. I'm sorry to say it. And keep in mind, it's been since 2004 since we have had a repeat winner of the NFC East. And, of course, that was back when the Eagles um, with Donovan McNabb were winning uh, back-to-back-to-back division titles. It's been nearly 20 years since we had a repeat winner of the NFC East. So. That, that works in the Eagles' favor right there. All right, my other team, you're going to be shocked by this one because it was not on your list. Let me, let me preface this one by saying, how much did the Kansas City Chiefs improve from the 2020 season to the 2021 season? What would you say? Um, not very much. Well, I think that they improved from the standpoint of what they needed to do was improve their offensive line to a great extent, right? They I'm talking going into last year, yeah, they, they did an overhaul. Line. Yep. Okay. And so I would think that a year ago, I would say, even though Kansas City was coming off a Super Bowl season, that they were one of the most improved teams in the league because they did what they needed to do to shore up a position group of weakness on their team to put them in position to get right back to where they were the year before. And they put themselves in that position. Now there are other factors on their team 
that kept them from uh, producing on the field like they did the year before. Mm-hmm. But I give you, as, as a most improved team candidate, the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills coming off an 11-6 and six season last year. Did you know that Buffalo finished 11-6 and six last year? Did you remember that? I did. Yes. Okay. I thought that Buffalo had a better record than that last year because I just assume I don't pay as close attention to the AFC East and with New England down with a rookie quarterback, Miami, what's going on there, and, of course, the Jets. I just assume Buffalo had 13 wins last year, but no. They went 11-6 and last year, and they lost, of course, in the divisional round, and they came very close to beating those Chiefs in that divisional round. Uh, They've lost Brian Dayball, who, of course, now is the head coach of the New York Giants, and he was their offensive coordinator. So when you're looking – I think when you're looking at most improved teams, you also have to look at what have teams lost and what have they done this offseason to offset those losses – to get back into position. I think that Buffalo has a chance to improve on their 11 and six regular season and make a deeper run in the playoffs this year because of what they have done this off season to improve this team. One of those Ken Dorsey is now, who's been the quarterback's coach there the last four or five years is promoted to offensive coordinator. Joe Brady is now the quarterback's coach. Of course, after uh, and Brady, of course, was at LSU with Joe Burrow, and then at Carolina was let go midseason last year. Well, now he's hooked on with the Bills as a quarterback's coach there. That's what they've done on their coaching staff to offset the loss of Dable. All right, their losses in free agency, okay? On offense, one of their primary losses has been Cole Beasley, would you say? Cole Beasley had a, over 80 catches last year, and – the Bills on offense were third in the league on third down. That's where Cole Beasley made his money in this league. As a third down receiver, getting open, and those little option routes, get open, and throwing the football, move the chains, okay? Yep. Uh, he's no longer there. They've added Jamison Crowder. Okay, Crowder coming off a season with the Jets last year. He had 51 catches in 12 games, four starts. Uh, so there is what they perceive as one of their possible replacements for Beasley. They also, in the draft, added a fifth-round pick out of Boise State, Khalil Shakir. Oh, and Cody likes that move. And I like the the other thing that you look at is not necessarily teams uh, players that they have added to the roster this year, but perhaps a player that they've added in the last couple of years who now might emerge as a primary player in their second or third year in the league. The improvement that players make from the first to second year. How about Gabriel Davis, the wide receiver, who had 35 catches last year, six touchdowns, okay? And a lot of people looking at Gabriel Davis as a guy who can really emerge with an opportunity. Stefan Diggs, of course, made the Pro Bowl last year, over 100 catches. Dawson Knox at tight end, all right? He had 49 catches. But he had nine touchdowns last year. And what were the Bills in the red zone last year? They were top seven in the league in the red zone with Josh Allen at quarterback, of course. All right, so that's some of the things on offense. Our offensive line, uh, I think they made an improvement adding Roger Saffold at, at guard. He made the Pro Bowl last year in Tennessee. They did not bring back Daryl Williams. They've got some other candidates in their offensive line to protect the quarterback defensively is where they made their mark with the addition of Von Miller. 
the huge contract announced this six years, 120 million, 52 guaranteed. Uh, I like the fact that they've added Jordan Phillips, who has had some injury issues in his career, but he is now back with the Bills after being with Arizona last year. First round cornerback in Kair Elam out of Florida uh, to pair with Tredavious White at the cornerback position. And uh, I don't know. I like what Buffalo has done to improve their team. And I haven't even added one of the primary reasons why they will be better on offense is the guy that they drafted out of Georgia, the running back James Cook, their second-round draft pick. Cook is a guy in a a stable of running backs in Georgia, didn't have the stats that you would expect Dalvin Cook's brother to have. But if you look at this, I think this guy, and apparently the Bills agree, picking him in the second round, he is going to make an immediate impact on this offense. And James Cook is going to be – a difference maker. Of course, they got Devin Singletary coming back, Zach Moss as well. But look out for James Cook as a rookie impact player on this Bills offense to put them over the top and be better this year than they were last year. I was actually studying the Bills roster last night, and I couldn't find a weak spot, Bill Jones. And they really are loaded. And I'm with you. I love what they did in the offseason. They added the superstar Vaughn Miller, which everyone knows about, but they added a lot of really solid veterans to kind of solidify any sort of um, positions of need. You mentioned Roger Saffold, Daquan Jones, um, Jameson Crowder, you mentioned, O.J. Howard at tight end. So just some guys who are, are really solid players. Some of those guys might be backups, but at least if they play, they'll have experience and that will be that will really pay off for them. Um, later in the year. One thing I do think we need to talk about that's not getting discussed enough is we've never seen Josh Allen without Brian Dable. They've been together since Allen entered the league. And is Josh Allen good enough to, that no matter who his coaches, coaches are, he's going to be fine? Is he to that level? Or is there a chance that maybe Brian Dable leaving Buffalo has some sort of negative impact on Josh Allen. I would like your thoughts on that because I was actually thinking about that last night um, and potential questions to ask our buddy Mike Giardi, who's planning on coming onto the show here in the next few weeks. You know, here's the other thing about Josh Allen. He had 15 picks last year. Mm-hmm. I was surprised by that number. They struggled uh, in the middle of the season. You, you said you were surprised the Bills only won 11 games. They started off red hot and they finished red hot. But in between, when everyone was kind of like, oh, well, the Bills are definitely the best team, they lost like five games right in the middle of the season um, before, and they couldn't really get any momentum going until towards the end of the season. You know, I just find it interesting. And Josh Allen considered, I mean, what, how would you rank him? He's in the top, how many quarterbacks in the league? Three. You know, I, yeah, right. And I was, you know, Mahomes is a guy who will throw more picks because he takes more chances. And Allen's probably that I don't see him on a weekly basis to like I'm watching Dak Prescott. You look at Dak's numbers last year, he had 10 picks and 37 touchdown passes and threw for 4,500 yards in 16 games. Josh Allen threw for 4,400 yards, 15 picks and 36 touchdowns, okay, and just 6.8 yards per attempt. Well, Dak was 7.5 yards per attempt. The difference, and I think this is where Josh Allen 
gets a um, uh, gets hyped even more so is his ability to run the football. And he ran for 763 yards and six touchdowns last year. And you know how fantasy football players, if you can tack on some running touchdowns and some running yards onto those fantasy points every week, wow, Josh Allen, you got to love this guy. And so sometimes the hype. And so it's interesting when you look at a guy like Josh Allen, it's all right, for him to get in that same class with a Patrick Mahomes, I mean, even Rodgers, who's won a Super Bowl, it's been a long time now. I mean, he's got to do something in the postseason, and that's the way the Bills have to look at it. That they have to have a team around him that is going to be able to take that next step, and that's where the addition of a Von Miller. With Miller at his age, they will take care of him as they go along through the regular season so that he is at his optimum ability in the postseason, like he was with the Rams last year, they get. That's what they have to do with this roster is to get over that hump. Now you don't take for granted winning the division, but they got to get over that hump to where they've got the, as you mentioned, the talent in place on this roster to get to the promised land. They just got to. They got to get there. Yep, I agree. All right, Bill Jones, my second team, and they're actually in the same division as your Buffalo Bills. Let me let me back up. Just follow me here. My surprise AFC team last year, Bill Jones, do you remember this? It was actually the Cincinnati Bengals. You recall that, Bill Jones? You know, I tried to I tried to forget the, the picks that you hit on. And so now that you've brought it back to my memory, I have a vague memory. But I probably will need to go back into the archives just to confirm what you're telling me. Okay, it's on Twitter. I'll send it to you after this. Anyway, I said the Bengals were going to win eight or nine games, which no one else was saying because they were 4-11-1 the year before. And obviously, they were even better than I thought. They were 10-7 and and just two minutes away from winning the Super Bowl. Well, Bill Jones, there is an AFC team who could make a big jump this year. And it's not the Bills. It is the New York Jets, Dr. Jones. Do you know the last time the Jets made the playoffs? Can you guess? Uh, 1969? Very close. 2010 is the answer. (laughs) When they lost the AFC title game to the Steelers. It's been a long decade for Gang Green and their fans. But this could be the beginning of a new era and a return to the postseason. The key to it all, and this is kind of going to be the point of my entire spiel here, Zach Wilson should be much better in year two. Went three and ten last year, just nine touchdowns and 11 picks and a passer rating of 69.7, which was worst among all qualified quarterbacks, a brutal rookie year, any way you look at it, but there's plenty of blame to go around. He was pressured on 30% of his dropbacks and sacked on 10% of his dropbacks, which was second most in the league. His O-line should be much better. Becton, Vera Tucker, McGovern, Tomlinson, and Fant, pretty good solid group up front, which should give Wilson more time. They also significantly upgraded on the outside first-rounder Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, Braxton Berrios at wide receiver, 
They have C.J. Uzama, Tyler Conklin, and third-round pick Jeremy Ruckert at tight end. And then they have an intriguing running back duo as well. Second-round pick Brees Hall, who we both loved, and second-round stud Michael Carter. So offensively, they have the youth, the depth, and the talent to hang with any team in the league. And I think a big part of Wilson's success will be his comfort level in year two in Mike LaFleur's offensive scheme. Last year, like I said, a complete disaster. Bottom five in points, sacks allowed, and giveaways. So far, the 22-year-old quarterback appears to be more confident. Head coach Robert Sala said, you can tell Zach's in a great mental space. He's speaking the right language. He's saying the right things, and he's doing the right things off the field with regards with who he surrounds himself with. We're really excited about where Zach Wilson is at. And because of that, Bill Jones, I'm excited about where the Jets are at. Way higher on this team than Vegas. Right now, their over-under for win total is five and a half, which they've actually only gone over once in the last six years. But I think it happens this season. Their schedule is tough at the beginning. But listen to these last eight games. I think the Jets could make a push down the stretch. Patriots, Bills. Vikings, Lions, Bears, Jags, Seahawks, and Dolphins. There's a lot of winnable games for the Jets down the stretch there. I think the Jets can double their win total from last year, Bill Jones. I'm looking at eight and nine or maybe even nine and eight for the New York J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. And as you mentioned, the they last okay, they won 10 games in 2015. They won 11 games in that 2010 season, which was the last time they made the playoffs. Yep. And the last six years, they have a total of 27 wins. So four and a half wins a season for the last six years, including four and 13 last year. You know what? With the uh the topic this week, most improved team, you picked a great one there because there's no place to go but up with the New York Jets. And seriously, I love what they did in the draft. I mean, adding Garrett Wilson and uh, Brees Hall in the second round, Jeremy Ruckert, I think is going to be a terrific tight end in this league uh, in the third round. But I'm not sure. I'm always hesitant on putting too much stock in rookies their first year in the league. I look at the Jets as being more improved next year in 2023 than what they are this year in 2022. Yeah, it could be. I was thinking about it last night. I was also studying the Jets roster. I'm not sure I remember a Jets team that's more talented than this one in my entire lifetime. My entire life, I'm trying to think, like, when have the Jets had this many good young players? I I couldn't remember. Hmm. And so, yeah, you're too young to remember Joe Willie Namath. I said my lifetime, Bill Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. So, which, by the way, I think Joe Willie celebrated his 79th birthday this past week, That's which true. may not make you feel old, but it certainly makes some of us feel old. Hey, uh, Joe Namath. I was actually covering a Jets game uh, a couple of years ago when they had a celebration of the best 
players in Jets history, and they all ran out from the tunnel at halftime. And Joe Namath, he was the last guy to run out, and the place went crazy. He was like the megastar in the whole place, and uh, rightfully so. Joe Namath, still a legend. So are you ready to rank the teams in the AFC East? If, if the Jets are going to be so improved, you got them finishing second or what with eight or nine wins? I was actually thinking about that last night. I would go Buffalo number one. Buffalo is actually the favorites to win the Super Bowl. So give me Buffalo number one. I'm going to say Tua and the Dolphins second. Tua, they've loaded up down there, Miami. Give me the Jets at third and give me Bill Belichick and your New England Patriots fourth in the AFC. All right. I know that hurts you, Bill Jones, your love for Bill Belichick. I, uh, here's what I want you to do. You quickly tweeted out your Cincinnati Bengal prediction last year. I want you to tweet out your early June AFC East prediction, and we'll see if it comes to fruition in early January. You got it. I could make that All right. happen. All right. Well, that was a very insightful edition of Jonesing for Football, thanks to your many hours of research on these teams. Hey, I just try to bring stats, facts, information, and bold predictions, Bill Jones. I try I try to make it entertaining for you here. All right, and we'll have much more of the same over the course of the summertime. Summertime and the living is easy, and we are getting you ready, counting down the days to the start of this National Football League season. All right, that does it for this edition of Jonesing for Football. Thanks for joining us. And we will see you again next time.